0: Okay, Greg, before we begin, uh, do you, what do you have that you want to get rid of this week? Um, I Global warming. Global warming? Yeah. Okay. Do you just hot want to out. speak to that? It's hot out. Yeah, yeah it's really. It's I mean, controversial science wanting to get rid of global warming. It's very right unpleasant.
1: Right? Well, I mean, obviously, it's a very selfish reason to want to get rid of global warming, just right. because I'm personally hot. But obviously, you know, I want future generations to live and thrive and be happy and,
0: you know. But also not have the uh back sweat issues that we have because of global warming. I, right? wanna, I wanted like, to
1: invent a uh, backpack that doesn't make your back sweaty.
0: Right. Oh, you know, like maybe in that little padding section, it's like a cooler pack. So you like throw your backpack in the freezer every night and then you throw yeah. it on. Yeah. Because like... We both had backpacks on when we arrived today, mm-hmm. and I was my shirt is very sheer right. right now, and I was worried that like it's just gonna be clear when yes. I took my back on, pack yeah. off, pack off because my back is still on. I have a drawstring bag, so it's not a full fledged backpack, which helps a little bit, a little bit. But now you're just gonna get like a weird triangle, and people are gonna be like, I can't tell if that's just a normal sweat back or if it's backpack sweat. Right, and I'm just sweaty all over.
1: So, at the end of the day, I embrace it. All right. Even though I don't like it. It's not like I have a choice. I'm a disgusting person. All right. That's very... that's
0: my uh, two cents about that. Well, this week, I want to get rid of bad coffee. I uh, Yeah, no, because I had coffee this morning that was just, like, so shit. It was, like, it was too darkly roasted, and I th- Think I put too many grounds in. It might have been my fault. I think I might. Uh, have, I believe the term is the is TDS. My uh, presented my total dissolved solids were were too high, um, and it tastes like shit. But like you have to drink it. It's not like something like if you start eating food and it tastes bad, you just like put it to the side. But if you make coffee in the morning, you're you're, you're just going to drink the shitty coffee, right. and then you have to like have it torturing you all day, all morning long was you like nurse it because I don't know about you but like I feel like if I try to drink coffee really fast I start feeling like I'm going to throw up and then yeah, it just like fucks my whole morning when I have right. like a coffee that I can't just like You make your own coffee? Yeah, I make my own coffee. I'm not Rockefeller. That's,
1: that's a good point. Yeah. I, I, I've, never, I've never had coffee in my life.
0: Get the fuck out of town. I just, I've never, it's like I've never had alcohol before. I've just never had it. Are you serious? I never sipped it. Yeah. That's interesting. I mean, I don't drink either, but like I still have had alcohol. I have a thing called ARFID. It's like a
1: eating disorder where I can't eat certain foods just cuz it's like a psychological like block. It's called avoidant restrictive food intake disorder. That's part what? of it.
0: Yeah. So you don't so like you don't drink alcohol because like just the sight of it makes I'm just you nervous
1: about it. it. makes me nervous. It's like a psychological weird
0: thing. What are other
1: foods that you can't? Most foods I don't eat. I eat like very basic things like pasta, and and uh,
0: and uh, nothing really. That's. I feel like I remember you eating like like jokes about you eating bland foods, but like I have friends that just eat bland foods, so yeah. I, I just thought you were like a you just like bland shit and they were like, Greg doesn't like to experiment, but no, like you actually, it's a disorder. Where I you just do
1: found it. this out. Like I just really? discovered
0: it. Yeah. Oh my God. So. so now you have like this defense when like right. you don't want to eat something. Right. It's like, Oh no, I can't. I have Yes. I have ARFID. I watched a whole TED talk about it. <laughs> TED or like TEDx. T- I think TEDx. Okay, good. If it's TEDx, I might watch it because they're like five minutes long. Yeah, so maybe not that I'll... long. Yeah. It's like eight minutes. Okay. Okay. All right. But you know what? <laughs> I feel good. Let's let's go into this thing. All yes. right. Uh, welcome to Should We Keep This? The Cultural Review Podcast you know and love, and we go through films from the past fifty years, challenging your nostalgia to get at the question: Should we? Now, this is now this is the part in the podcast where uh, we both say like Should 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 we keep this? Oh, should Fer- we Ferris keep Bueller. this? Ferris in a way. Ferris yeah. Bueller's day. Ferris off. Ferris Bueller's day off. That's right. Yeah. I'm Stephen Moskus and I'm Gregory Roberts. All right. That is correct. <laughs> That's you my are name. here. That is your name. For the first that time we have a special guest. That's right. We don't have Gina today. We have Greg Roberts. Greg. Yes. Who are you? I am a uh, a person from Don't give me that shit. Don't give me that shit. Go I'm for it. I'm a
1: human being.
0: All right. From
1: New Jersey. Riveting. I I am I do voiceovers. Mhm. I do improv. That's right. What are your What are your improv team names? My improv team names. Uh, I'm on a team called the Shrimp Store. Mm-hmm. Um, the the Shrimp the, Store with the that yes. you
0: got to uh, now the cage match. Yeah, yeah we You won. beat the law firm. Yeah, Did won, you not? Yeah, Did you beat the law match. firm? Cage match. The indie cage match or like real cage match? There's
1: a little known place called U C B. UCB. UC. And there's a real cage we won real cage we won Indie Cage match three times and then we got into a real cage match and then we beat the law firm.
0: Fucking yeah. Law firm has like a bunch of and then we establishment bigwigs.
1: Yes. Yeah. And then we, but then we lost the next week to What I Did for Love.
0: Yeah. They patted the crowd. <laughs> they patted the crowd. It was bullshit. Yeah. Yeah. So uh you chose Ferris Bueller's Day Off for us to do. Yes. Why? Why did we talk about it because we you were like this is one of the films you sent me a list. I had a lot a lot of 80 this is 8 you asked me specifically 80s, for 80s, 80s mo- indeed, movies indeed. and I like 80s
1: mo- movies for the most part. I enjoy them and then I was trying to think of like what's a very prominent director in the 80s? And I thought John Hughes. And then I thought, let me think of a John Hughes movie that I really enjoy. And w- there's many of them. Right. There's many John Hughes yeah. that are very enjoyable.
0: What's the one where Molly Ringwald is pregnant? Um, Pretty in Pink, is it? Nope. Or nope. 16 Candles? Nope. Um, One of them? It's just one of them. Breakfast I, I Club? Fuck off. Uh, no, I know there's just one of them that, like, it. Is It's a very bizarre movie. It doesn't age well, um, like 90% of his shit. Um, the, whatever it is, I probably like it. Okay. Okay. <laughs> I like Maybe. the stance. I like the yeah. It was I don't like know. carte blanche thumbs up yes. for John Hughes. Uncle Buck. Did he do Uncle Buck? I think he did. I had no idea that he was like making upwards of... Like between one and four films a year until like he died. In the 80s, he was making like, he was writing like four films a year. He
1: also wrote the Home Alone
0: movies. Like all of them, even after they went into like, even after they went into like, like made for TV shit and like straight to video. He
1: he also, I think his last movie was Drill Bit Taylor. I might be wrong about that. Like he wrote that movie. Holy shit. I've never seen it. I might be wrong. I've never seen that movie though. Oh god! It's so with Owen Wilson, right? He's
0: like a bull- he's like a he gets hired by like a kid in school to defend him against bullies, doesn't he? Uh,
1: yes. Yeah, it sounds like a John Hughes plot.
0: Yeah, no. The only well, yeah, it's like they would have built they would have built him from the ground up. Like he's an AI. Yeah, that the kid built that's like the it's like O.G. John Hughes. Yes. Yeah. So what? You want to go into the plot summary? Yeah, all right. I'll go into I'll it. Go into all
1: right, so Ferris Bueller's Day Off is about this high school, I think, senior.
0: Oh, my God, yes, he is a senior. I think
1: he's a senior, right? And he he's like a bad boy, popular g- guy in school, and he likes to skip school a lot. And w- one day he decides. Nine times. Yeah,
0: nine. Nine times. That semester,
1: yeah. which is unconscionable. <laughs> And he, one day he, you know, the movie opens up with him pretending he's sick. And like, okay, it's one of those days he's going to try to skip again. And he convinces his parents with a very histrionic performance about how sick he is. You have to define that word. I, histrionic? Yeah. Very um, melodramatic,
0: very uh, performative. Interesting. I'm going to use that word from now on. I always enjoy having a new word.
1: It's a, it's a good word. Um, yeah, it's very theatrical. Um, uh, pretending he's sick and he has a sister who's like, this is bullshit. Hey, you parent, like, mom, dad, this is bullshit. Obviously, he's not sick and, you know, sets up that he has a sister that doesn't like him. Mm-hmm. And so, and then Ferris has, like, two main people he hangs out with. Sloan, Sloan, which is, like, his love interest. Right. And his, like, best friend, Cameron. Right. Who's, like, um, like, someone that's always sick, actually sick, right. or, like, there's, like, a psychological... Something it's psychologically like, like, like wrong with him. Like, yeah, there's, like, it's like, was depressed. like one
0: of those classic, like, 80s film friendships that makes no sense where, yeah. like, the super popular guy is friends with this, like, nerdy, squeamish guy. Yeah. yeah.
1: He's, like, depressed. He's, like, actually depressed, I think. Right. Um, and... So he tries to like convince Cameron to take the day off, like skip school, mm-hmm. but he's actually skipping school, but is actually sick. Right. And he's, he tries to get Sloan out of school by pretending your dad's or grandfather's grandmother's Grandmother's
0: dead, dead and he's pretending to like yeah. be her dad. Yeah.
1: And so he tries to skip school, convinces his parents, and then they have like the dean of students at the school,
0: mm-hmm. played
1: by Jeffrey Jones, who we can talk about that. Oh, we will be. <laughs> We will be. <laughs> uh, Jeffrey Jones plays the Dean of so, uh, Ed Rooney. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's doesn't like Ferris Bueller. He, he thinks... He doesn't understand why he's so popular. He's a bad influence on mm-hmm. the school. He notices that he's skipped school again. And he has on the computer here that he skipped nine times. Nine, nine times. times. And he calls up guess, his mom, mom and... Tell and then she's like, Oh, it can't be, and everything. Whatever.
0: Yeah,
1: and the, anyway, so the whole movie is uh, he takes a day off and he goes on these adventures. He goes to Chicago, mm-hmm. he acts like an adult, he does all this very 80s esque John Hughes hijinks, right? Go uh, to a fancy
0: lunch uh, restaurant, yes. they, they, they hijack the parade. parade, yeah, yeah,
1: totally hijacks a parade, uh, takes. Cameron's father's Ferrari on a Mm joyride and during this time like they they grow closer together you know typical you know character arc shit
0: right and they're secretly like they're talking about how they're nervous about what's gonna happen after college what after they graduate high school yes yes Um, they want to get married
1: like Ferris wants to get married to Sloan all this shit uh, Cameron gets changes by being more of a, he, he grows a pair, I suppose.
0: Well, yeah. The, uh, because they give the Ferrari to the, like people in the garage who take it on the joy ride. Yes. And then because of the amount of miles that are put on it, he just like has a yeah. total mental breakdown. Right. Cause he, he's afraid of his father.
1: Yeah. He's afraid to even like probably look at him in the eyes Right, and, uh, he's like terrified of what this means for his relationship with his father but then he grows a pair at the end he's you know what fuck it i'm gonna i'm gonna you know tell him yeah it's my fault right Uh, yeah he has a nice little change uh and then the dean of students throughout the whole movie is like on this like quest to prove that ferris bueller is actually skipping school and not genuinely sick and a lot of shit goes wrong right. for him.
0: Attacked by their dog, yes. like falls in mud and right. gets car towed, and gets kicked by. What was her yeah. name? Uh, Jennifer, gray, Jennifer Grey. Jennifer uh, Grey playing <laughs> yeah. genie gets kicked in the yes. face. Yes, I thought it was going to be. I, I felt like I remembered him getting kicked like in the balls, but no, that is like straight all the way up like to gray, the face, like a full blown <laughs> yeah, and, and like beads and
1: everything, yeah, and like. There's a lot of fun little moments where he thinks he cat Like, there's moments where he has an opportunity to actually catch him, mm-hmm. but he doesn't, like, when he's in a bar, and then they show Ferris Bueller at a Cubs game. Right. And, and it shows him on the TV, but he's not paying attention to the TV, and then he looks up when it... It's yeah, yeah, shit yeah. like that. A lot of fun stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And then it And then it ends with him, like, sneaking back into the house before... Mm-hmm. The parents get yeah. home and it's kind of like a bookend. Yeah, because the parents are on the starts. way home
0: with uh, Jennifer Gray. Oh, yeah. And then
1: with Charlie Sh- Sheen. Charlie Sheen's it, in. <laughs> yeah, I know.
0: He plays, he's getting arrested for drugs. Um, But she is trying to get home to catch him. But then she sees him in the backyard yeah. with Rooney, who is yeah. now about to like bust him. And because they had the moment earlier where he scared her in the house, she's like, Fuck Rooney and yes. opens up the door and even though she hates Ferris is like, welcome Ferris. Think can you believe he tried to walk home from the hospital? Yes. and sends him and sends him yeah. up and then he like just barely manages right. to get to his bedroom in time to like stop his to like get in bed before his parents find him. And then yeah, that's the yeah. end. He's like that's just that. remember, life life moves pretty fast if you don't stop and look right. around. You it's might iconic. Miss it. you might miss it. It's
1: iconic and then. Yeah, and yeah. you get, you know, young high school, young people growing within yeah. an hour and a half.
0: Uh, so, yeah, this film, $6 million budget, $70 million gross. <laughs> oh, yeah, baby. Take it in. Go, Take stats. it in. This had a, uh, I had no idea, this had a, a film, a TV spinoff. Did called, it really? Yeah, it did. And uh, guess who played uh, his sister, Jeannie? Who? Jennifer Aniston. Oh, <laughs> Yeah. Right. Yeah. It only made, it only had thirteen episodes. It like died entirely. But I gotta like, watch that. Is yeah, it like available? to have, watch? no. I I don't like. I don't. I think it would probably be so awful. Jeffrey Jones I, in it. Uh, <sighs> I hope not. Jesus Christ. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. Then uh, yeah. So like Matthew Matthew Broderick in this movie is three years away from making Glory. I just think that that is like. That's unreal. Yeah, because he's like, he seems like he's like 39 in glory. So the fact that this is only like three years away from that is is very bizarre. Um, Wow. This is also, uh, right after this, is when he, driving in Northern Ireland with Jennifer Grey, uh, hit and killed a woman and her mom. Uh, told the police that he didn't remember anything of that day, uh, why he was in the wrong lane, or anything, and he was charged initially with vehicular manslaughter, and then it was reduced to careless driving, and he paid $175. Unbelievable. So, yeah. Wow. Uh, Like, the the woman's brother has spent, like, decades campaigning against him uh, because... uh, like obviously he his fame got him away with murder um it's unreal, and then uh it's Jennifer Gray is the only person who like everyones sort of this is kind of toward the beginning of everyone's career, but everyone involved in the film it is the most notable thing that they have done like if they were saw on the scene on the street people would be like oh ferris bueller like even matthew broderick despite his entire career people say people still come up to him every day and be like hey ferris you taking the day off but jennifer gray is probably the only person in the whole uh film who's best known for a different movie which would be dirty dancing yeah yeah that's true uh now jeffrey jones uh he theater actor yes. throughout the 1970s and transitioned may to so.
1: May I say, fantastic in Ferris Bueller's day. He
0: really is. <laughs> he really, really is. And you can tell why he really wanted to catch Ferris, probably because in 2002 he was arrested for soliciting nude photos. From a 17-year-old boy. That's when the arrest was made. The boy, though, was 14 at the time. He pled no contest, and uh, he's been registered as a sex offender. But twice, he's been arrested for failing to right. report his status. Yeah. Um, did he also get caught for like,
1: like possession of, of child porn?
0: Well. Yeah, but I think it was the photo. Was, that was, that yeah. was
1: like what the actual thing. Right, right, that right. That was right. the child porn. Right. Okay. Um, yeah.
0: And then, yeah, so the the most like quoted things, life moves pretty fast. If you don't stop and look around a while, you could miss it. It like gets in lots of, mm-hmm. uh, Barbara Bush even has quoted that when giving commencement speeches. G.H.W. Bush's yeah. lovely wife. Um, Bueller. Bueller, Bueller. Uh, what
1: was his name? That, ben Stein. He's ben Stein.
0: like a conservative, like pundit. Oh, major conservative. Yeah, he is now. I mean, at the time, he was like Visine commercials, and like <laughs> uh, the, he had this game show called "Who Wants Ben Stein's Money," and like <laughs> you would just compete to win. Great character his money. actor. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Very like like the dry wit. Apparently, the yeah. um, the scenes where he's doing the. The the lectures where he's like the two like Tout Smalley Act, it created uh, in the year anyone, 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 yeah. eighteen sixty, it did w- anyone, anyone and like that was put into the movie because he was jokingly doing that right. with in front of the extras and mm-hmm. the extras found it so funny that they were like, Oh, let's just put it in the film.
1: Oh um, also another teacher in that uh is played by Del Close. Really? Yes. Del Close Del Cl-
0: Oh, he's you know, the, the one that's Del like Close teaching Marathon. the English class. Yes. Yeah. He's, he's, like, like, he's
1: talking about uh, economics.
0: Yeah. Founder of you, uh, 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 um, Improv uh, Theater, of, pretty, improv pretty much. Th- yeah, th- and the, the Herald. Founder of the yeah. Herald, yeah. Right. Well Developed
1: by Del Close and brought to the
0: New York City by the UCB4. Have you heard that speech before? Many times. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> um, and then I feel like... If somebody to if, if somebody sings "Twist and Shout" or Dunkashane, Shane," they're probably going to be thinking of this uh, this movie. Um, Lizzie McGuire kids shows like Lizzie McGuire and Degrassi have whole episodes that parody this film. Mm. Uh, Five Hundred Days of Summer has a whole like "I Just Had Sex" dance that is like him parading through the streets that yeah. closely parallels the the Chicago parade, and then a little a little tiny one a little tiny little smidgen. Um, in Garden State, there's a a moment where they're sitting there watching kids and they're holding hands like the kids that are walking through the Chicago Museum of Art. They're like I holding hands. Yeah. yeah, it's just a little cinematic send up. Spider-Man: yeah. Homecoming has a homage to. I haven't seen Spider-Man: Homecoming. The, what the, happens
1: where uh, Tom Holland runs through like it's like this at the end where he's like running through different yards, people's yards, trying oh. to run home. And then, like, he runs through one yard and there's a TV on in the background with Ferris Bueller, Bueller playing on the right. TV. Yeah.
0: They're like, just in case you didn't get it. So something topical this is, with MCU. This is, yeah. <laughs> so, uh, on the count of three, yeah. we are going to say whether or not we keep this uh-huh. film. Yeah. Um, three, two, three, two, one. Keep no. it. No. Keep it. I want to. Okay, defend yourself. <laughs> defend yourself. Now I want you to. Defend. Okay, fine. So uh, like, all right. No, like I struggled with this one. This is a pretty good movie. <laughs> hard because it is like a well-told movie. The fil- the structure is good. However, like I kept going back. It's like fifty-one percent. I don't know. Like I couldn't tell. I was like, do I want to keep it? Do I want to get rid of it? Fifty-one percent. I knew, like that's what it would be, no matter what, because it's like very close, but. Just, like, to me, and this is something that I'm having a problem with for, like, pretty much all 80s movies, is horrific, ostentatious wealth. Like, their... <laughs> his house yeah. is so big. Like, the scene they have at the very end where, like, Rooney catches him and then, you know, Jennifer Grey leads him inside, sign and he goes in. That whole thing is allowed to take... is able to take place, and then he runs up and gets in his bed, like their house is so large that that is the amount of time it takes the parents to get from the front door to his bedroom. Right. Like, that is so horrifically large. Yes. And then uh, Cameron's dad has a multi-million dollar car collection. <laughs> All right? They have, like... And at and, 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 and no point is this depicted as them being ultra wealthy. They're seen as, like... Just normal Americans, as right. a matter, uh, as a matter of yeah. Fact. What, what do
1: they? What, what what does the Buellers do? The uh, um...
0: uh, the dad is a he's in advertising, and that because yeah. you get that in the conversation outside uh, Chez Louis because they go to this French restaurant, and then while they're there, they realize that. Uh Ferris's dad is also there having having lunch with some people. And he's trying to like make a sale. And the guy's like, oh, it's just not in our advertising budget. And he's like, you have the money. You just don't <laughs> you just have to spend the money. Yeah.
1: Um He does like he does work at like a high like a pretty high floor in Chicago. Yeah.
0: No, yeah. he is definitely high up. And then the mom is real in estate? real estate. Right, yeah, yeah, but it's but like high-level real estate to the point where she says that like Jeannie. Because of because she had to go to the police station to get Genie, she lost the Vermont deal. Okay, it's like whatever she's doing in real estate, there is something large enough to be the Vermont deal. Right. So at least they have jobs to actually. You can buy it. You can
1: buy that they're wealthy. Right.
0: right? You can buy that. But like, yeah. but the wealth itself uh-huh. is not questioned as being wealth to the point where, like, she says, you know. Oh, we lost the Vermont deal, and the dad's like, "Oh, well, I think we should shoot her," as in, like, a, <laughs> t- give her a break. Meanwhile, I'm sitting there being like, "You probably lost like a year's worth of my wages, right. like the, my the, like my whole year's income. That's how much you probably lost right. in commission from this deal." And yeah. you're like, mm, d- "Give her a break. Her time in jail was hard enough, you know." Uh huh. Like, and then, uh, fair, and then it's implied that it's not really implied, but uh, it's explied that Cameron's dad is a trader a stock, like stockbroker. Um, Cause there's that scene where he's like doing the hand gestures yeah. for the <laughs> stock exchange. Yeah. Um, yeah. It, and so that's how he has like, like, like early 20th century cars up right. through like the Ferrari that, he's sitting there being like oh i'm going to stand up to my old man and face the fact cuz he's he the they're trying to get the miles off the car so the wheels are running backwards and then he gets pissed so he's like kicking the front end of the car and then he accidentally knocks it off the stand that causes the ferrari to go <laughs> flying out of their garage yes and then down off of a cliff cuz of obviously got to have a garage that's right. off the edge of a cliff and totaled and I'm sitting, and there's like only a hundred of these cars that were like right. ever made. And you're sitting there being like, "Oh man, he's gonna face his dad. Cool." I'm like, "This is like hundreds of thousands of right. dollars that he fucking kit because he was because right. he his doesn't dad feel has like the appreciated. To be yeah, off. you know, it's yeah. Like,
1: what well, oh, it's like wait, wait, like is it like." Is he? Re- is his father really that bad to be angry about right. this? It's uh, like, <laughs> yeah,
0: it's like all of, you, you fucking of course, and it's yeah. like, oh, what? I'm gonna pay for your college, and I buy you all this shit. Like, right? You know, I, I, I feel like if you're in high school watching this, you're like, oh man, Cameron's gonna stand up to his dad, but like, if you have paid for anything ever, you're right. gonna be like, he fucking he you He's
1: so flippant about it. Yeah, it's
0: like yeah. I don't. Know, I think all
1: that is like very. It's like I found it funny. Like I just thought it was funny that like because it's not to me not really. Um, I don't know. Like I know probably their intentions during it wasn't that it would be ironically funny. Like right. all this like, was... wealth being thrown around. It didn't really come. I didn't even think about it when I was watching it. Um, but I. I don't know. Sometimes things, even if it wasn't intent, I find it like amusing to watch. Right. Like I, just, kind of I just, I just find
0: like it to me, it's such uh, stereotypical, like Reagan, like Reaganism yeah. uh-huh. that I, it just, it makes me ill. It's like um, when they're in the restaurant and they're trying to steal the the <laughs> the reservation. Yeah, like they treat the maitre d like absolute shit because he's basically calling them on the fact that they are indeed stealing mm-hmm. this like sausage, the, the sausage, sausage king of Chicago. So that kind of stuff is, yeah. it's
1: like, I think they play with the idea of this, like they're in the, like the upper, upper class and they play with that whole thing. It's kind of in a funny way. Like I'm kind of lost, scoffing at these people.
0: Right, but they do scoff, but like when, when they're brought to the table, uh, they treat the maitre d' like shit. And in a way, I feel like we are you get from that exchange that like these kids are winners and the maitre d' is like a loser in some way, particularly for being in service. Mm -hmm. And it's like, first off, he probably makes excellent money at that restaurant. And (laughs) then also like my roommate is a restaurant manager at a high end restaurant on, uh, on Madison Avenue. If, like, some magnate of some kind were to come in and they find out that the restaurant gave his reservation away to, like, children, <laughs> that that would be... There would be hell to pay. Like, sure. he would lose his job. Of course. And, yeah, it's just, like, the fact that the... That that's just, like, never even questioned. And right. he, This guy's, like... It's part of, in my opinion, this, like, hyper-wealthy demonization of the service industry that you see in, like, the Reagan years and this kind of... I'm very curious to see how, like, whether or not we're going to see this this Gen X fostering, like, these children being raised in wealth that kind of show disdain for the methods with with which the, the wealth is, like, attained. Yeah. But they still seem to view themselves as entitled to it. Right.
1: I One thing I notice in a lot of just movies in uh-huh. general and television in general is that I really don't see any – I don't really see a lot of representation with, like, like, people who are, like, not wealthy. Do you know what I mean? Totally. Like, it's just something that I think – I don't know if it's a subconscious thing that – directors and writers just like just make them wealthy or make them very well off mm-hmm. because like you see like like pe- like anything that like takes place in an apartment right in New York City, of course, in any movie there's huge apartments right and they, they don't have a job that would even justify it it's like it's like time. in in friends where it's yes like they're yeah, waiters exactly so it's, in these giant apartments yeah. it's like uh I don't. <laughs> Like I'm, I'm so like numb to it. I'm so numb to all that because it's so like I see it all the time, and right. I'm like, it's just a dumb movie thing.
0: Yeah. Atrophy, like, atrophy is not an excuse. That Greg. is true,
1: but it's it it. I, I've seen more. I've probably have seen more egregious like bad things in other movies. To this isn't it's so this movie pales in comparison to a lot of like wealthy type things in movies. Mm-hmm. And the, my main reason why I'm thinking about keeping it is because when I'm thinking back at other John Hughes movies, okay, right. and I think, you know, John, you have to keep a John Hughes movie in the 80s. You have to keep one, at least. Right. Because John Hughes is a, he's iconic for the 80s. Right. Like the, the Brat yeah. Pack and the, like, teen movies, et right. So, like, my argument is, like, let's look at the other John Hughes movies, and they're all, like, I think this is the least worst one of them all.
0: Even so I'm not the biggest fan, but like, uh-huh. do you think the Breakfast Club would be? I think me? it's a
1: little bit more like the way the way um at least you have like a working class character at all. But the the what's the guy's the bully character and the yeah, Breakfast jud Club, Judd Nelson. Judd Nelson. Yeah. He he's such a awful person to Molly Ringwall and right, then they and get they together. D- get, absolutely. To me yeah. that's that's I can't, that's get rid of it just because of that. Totally. I find it so crazy. It's like gross. It's like mm. those kinds of like romance films where it's like the woman clearly does not want the affections of this one particular protagonist, Absolutely. male. And he's just so like, he's just so persistent at it to the point where it's
0: like they get together at the end. Right. It's like a, like tired the of notebook. All right? I'm going to fucking call it out right now. The Notebook. Right. They just, they yell at each other and yell at each Mm -hmm. other and then that's how we, the audience, know it's love. Right. Now,
1: Ferris and Sloane, to me, that feels like a real, more
0: realistic and it's not,
1: like she clearly likes him and he clearly likes her. Right. There's not really any kind of, so I was thinking of that, so like comparing it to other John Hughes movies. They have that. And like, I can't all the other John Hughes movies are either less iconic or extremely problematic. Right. The The like Weird Science. Right. It's, it's so it's the most misogynist movie ever made, I think. Probably uh, top 10. Movies. I mean
0: they're literally like yeah. building a woman to be yeah, a sex object. Right. So it's pretty it's pretty far down the line. Yeah. It's it's definitely like a hard a test right. against anything else. Um, yes. The miso- I did notice, like, so there was, I was, you know, on the lookout for mm-hmm. misogyny in this, which is a little bit more, it's a little bit more casual. Yeah. In this, you get, um, it's mostly, like, tag-end, uh, like, jokes. Yeah. Where, you know, Ferris, when he's calling Cameron in the beginning, he's on his computer in paint, Drawing a naked woman, and okay, then yeah, right. when uh, when he's running through the back of the running through all the yards, there are these two women sunbathing, and you know, despite his relationship with Sloane, he's sure. like running, 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 and then he stops and he like comes right. back and says hey to him, and it's like yeah, just just to be like oh yes, because men can't control themselves around nearly naked right. women, um, then like. I get that he doesn't really know that it's her, but I was still weirded out by the scene where, uh, it's the two cars next to one another and Uh Sloan is there and he's, she's like looking at the dad and Uh kind of smiling and he's like feeling all good about himself. She's a year younger than Ferris. Sure. So this is like a junior in high school Uh that is, you know, making eyes at this guy that's making him feel like, Oh yeah. Like great. Um, I was like, I don't I don't
1: they like that. Are, I, I also look at it like they are gross character there are gross people in real life. Really gross people. Right? Sure. Right? Any depiction of them in films, as long as it doesn't like outright condone it. Right. I See, that's the thing so that I feel it condones like. It. I think it we're laughing at how gross like well, that. I don't scene, think so. I'm I think we laugh at how,
0: Ed Rooney, but I don't think we laugh at at. Ferris's dad for getting looked at by like hot woman.
1: I I, I uh, I'm I'm laughing at his reaction to it. Interesting. To it, I think.
0: I'm I'm curious if that is. I might uh, have to rewatch it. Modal. Again. If the majority of people are looking at, are I don't know at, if that's,
1: but I'm probably a unique person. Yeah. That look, but I'm I'm laughing at. I guess that. I mean. Yeah. You're gonna find I mean, anything. Sure, like slightly sure. misogynist, but I yeah. think it's the least of the John Hughes movies. Right.
0: Yeah, because the problem is the misogynist, more than anything, is John Hughes. Like, oh, yeah. he's, he is the worst of all of them, so it's like, he was, he was probably intending to write, you know, if you try to write something that is not, like, overtly misogynist, you just get these little casual tidbits here and there. Yeah. Uh, and the other one that I'm like, oh, that's a bit odd is when she meets Ferris in the parking lot of the school yeah. and like gives him a big, big kiss. kiss. And then he's like, so that's how... The, <laughs> the, the principal's like, so that's how it is in their family. I'm like, what is what, that what, what, what kind of fam-
1: like?" I find it funny because I don't know what he's referring to. Right, I like, think it's uh, just a funny line. It's like, oh,
0: uh, ends. I mean, I hate, oh, man, I hate... Like mouth kissing families. Does your family are they mouth kissers? <laughs> no. Does your family No, I don't think so. Cause like I know no people who like, oh, grandmother, father, sister, mother, like they kiss on the mouth.
1: I've never seen that or I've never experienced any families like that, but I believe they exist.
0: They I've seen it with my own eyes. Maybe
1: that's what he's referring to.
0: Maybe maybe. Maybe he just is <laughs> exaggerating it to yeah. make a point. Could be like um yeah, uh, absolutely. Now, uh, I have to ask, are you familiar? I'm going to give it a title, but it, it's not the actual title. But I'm going to call it the, the Cameron Hypothesis, but it's, the, it's like a Reddit hypothesis, and it's the only thing that were it to be true, I would be willing to keep the movie, yeah. which is that, that Ferris, Sloane do not exist. That that the entire film takes place in Cameron's imagination from his bed. That like it's all playing out how he wishes he were, and how like how he wishes he could seize the day because like the level of you know it it's I I, honestly it's like Reddit people trying to make sense of something of a film that's just taking liberties with. Reality, but yeah, it's like the insane planning that it would take, that like their friendship does not make sense at all. Um, but also that like Ferris, for the most part, is just totally in control of every situation ever with like basically no self doubt and exact surety with how to handle every situation that comes up in the entire film. And so he either is a totally invulnerable protagonist or he's who Cameron wishes that he were and that Cameron has invented this perfect person. I do like that theory. Yeah. And I think that could work. Right. That is the, the only reason that I could see it like conscionable to keep the film. Because like, I also feel like everyone watching, I feel like everyone thinks that they're Ferris when they watch this film. Yeah. But like, everyone even ferris like they're all Cameron everyone's Cameron everyone's like wondering is afraid of like what the next few years will hold is afraid of things changing if if Ferris were made if Ferris Bueller were made now by a different director there would be scenes where his character revealed that he was still unsure about how things were really going to yeah. go and and so like his just persistent invulnerability right. makes him like yes. utterly unbelievable. With the exception of maybe being yeah you know, this eighties character, that, right?
1: The fact that it was just right. a John Hughes movie, exactly. Like if like Judd
0: Apatow made this movie or something, right? I can see that. Yeah, yeah. yeah there would just be something in the end where he realized, where he like right. revealed that he was truly he too he was actually afraid. insecure
1: the whole time, right? Like he's acting so secure, like over he's so over the top in his security right. that he's actually insecure.
0: Yeah, that it's yeah, yeah and it's all like a, a front, and like him, his need to sort of seize the the parade, his need to like seize attention and to skip school and to assert himself as being sort of better than the establishment and yeah. better than like the status quo is actually just fear of being less than the status quo. Cause that's what it feels like, if, like, if you were to see those people, in if you were to meet, Ferris Bueller in person, yeah, you would be like, person doesn't actually. Shut up. You would be like, it's like, yeah. If you met an eighteen-year-old that was like just talking about how like, like lecturing you on how to live life, you would be like, kid, fuck off. (laughs) Like
1: Like you almost you can almost relate to the of students. Yeah, because, like he's justified, like he's right, absolutely on the nose about how awful <laughs> Paris is. Right, he is a bad influence. Yeah,
0: the only the only problem that I have, I like I'm fine with him until the end, because the film kind of like validates this sort of social hierarchy when he sits down next to the like nerdy girl. Yeah, who, who's like bet you never smelled a school bus before. You want a gummy bear? They've been in my pocket. It's real warm and soft. and It's like, you're like, he's freaking out because he's next to, you see him in his mind be like, oh, fuck, I'm next to this like yeah. nerd, this loser. And it's like, oh, you're not like mad that this kid, you know, sort of sees the world in this way and you think it's wrong and unfair. You're mad because you're not Ferris Bueller. Yeah. Like, that's why right. he, you're mad. Yeah.
1: Sure, the the messaging and the themes could get murky. Yeah, like in like any '80s movie, but like also there's like a scene in like whoever plays Rooney's uh-huh. like secretary, right? She's like, you know, he's so like Ferris really is so popular with all the types of kids, and she right. like lists out like yeah, it's like all the these,
0: nerds, the jacks, the yeah, dweebs, like the dweebs, yeah, the, the bluds. Yeah. She says the yeah. bluds at yeah. one point. Uh, yeah. She um has great comic relief. I noticed that, um, so I'm I'm starting to notice more and more as uh like the '80s. That's when you get sort of the the dawn of modern movie making with like four quadrant pictures, the the like formalization of screenwriting technique. Yeah, that I start seeing things, and I'm like, oh, boom! Like I was like, oh, Pope in a swimming pool, because when he's explaining to Uh, when Rooney is explaining to Ferris's mom that he's been, that he's absent and that he's been absent nine times and he's going to fail. It's like all this exposition to set up the stakes of the film. That's when it shows the secretary and she's like pulling all the pins out of her hair. Yeah. Like, and she just is like, she like scratches her head and just keeps like finding more (laughs) pins and it's like just just this like slapstick moment. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, this is like, a little entertaining thing to cover up the fact that we're just hearing exposition right now. Well done, John Hughes. Yeah. Yeah. What a lovely man. What a lovely, lovely man. Also, there's a very weird moment that I just I don't understand in any way, shape, or form. But when Charlie Sheen asks Jeannie what her name is, yeah, she says... It's Jean, but most guys call me Shauna, <laughs> and I have no idea what on earth that's referring to. Not me, even me the either. slightest, and <laughs> uh, uh, I got nothing on that. Me, <laughs> uh, but, but then been, he's like a cool guy. It so could have he been goes, something
1: topical. It could have been something topical at the time that was so insignificant, right? That you can't even like, you can't even find what that's about.
0: Well, but it's like. Um, in, in Greece, there's, uh, there's a lot of less, there's a lot of references to Annette and it's like, it's when you just hear it, you're like, what the hell? Why? Like who, what is that? And then, yeah. um, Oh my God. Oh, I just started Googling it for the answers and some of them are very dark and very, very bizarre. Okay, it's on Reddit. I'm gonna walk away. It's on answers.yahoo.com. Uh, that's even worse. Well, you know what? I'm gonna just put those away. Um, it's even worse. I'm trying to think like another reason why I want to keep it. I mean, it is for what it's worth. It's like well made, it's a lot of fun, and yeah. the structure is tight. Yeah, and like that. It's okay for like a movie to be fun and right. and to be absurd. Yes, and, and yeah, it's. I also like struggled because, you know, it's it's like you said, a movie can have like bad people. It's all about whether or not they're like framed as bad. Right. And I couldn't quite tell, there were just moments where I couldn't tell if the film wasn't perfect, right. but also wasn't like, Bad, because not uh, there's a lot of movies made every year. It's also like
1: frame, like people are complicated. You know, there are people who are complicated out there, and it's like if you if everything is so framed, and I'm talking about movies, yeah, yeah, sure. Like if you frame them in a way where they're bad or good, right? And there's no in between. It's hard to make a good movie because everything is. It's like you get a James Cameron movie with like a villain that is so just arbitrarily evil, and then you have a perfect character it's just arbitrarily. Perfect, right. and it becomes just kind of like a bad, uninspired movie. Right. Like high school kids in general, or like disgusting, horny animals. For the lot, for the most part, no, I totally like. I like high school. Like, and then like, I think it's totally realistic for Ferris Bueller to be a, a, a like, kind of gross in, sure. in some, in some. But he doesn't necessarily have to be like an awful, awful person at the same time. You know what I mean? Right.
0: No, I I agree, I, I think that like. I just, I think it would just be, like, a little more. I just want, like, a little more from, like, how the film paints Ferris. Just yeah. Because, the, the cause in a way, he is a little bit, like, two-dimensionally perfect.
1: Sure, that's and there, true. And there are
0: yeah. a lot of things that are, like, that just go sort of two-dimensionally well for him. Right. You know? Uh, that and, and part of that, like something that's that's kind of nice about like part of me a lot of that is done in like this movie magic way where you know they're trying to they're trying to get into the car and uh, well they're trying to escape the the dad without being seen yeah. so they like he's about to get into a cab and then he like reaches for it but then he goes back to the conversation with his colleagues and while that happens, he Ferris, Cameron, and Sloan quickly get into the taxi. The taxi drives off and a new taxi drives up and he like the dad doesn't even notice. He just gets right in like the kind of like movie magic stuff is fun. Like it's it's totally fine to have like fun stuff. But I just would like
1: Oh, I think I think what you I yeah, I see what you're like when you're going back to the part about you saying like, you frame them, you, you, if you frame them perfect when it's still acting like this, then it's a problem. Right. Like, you either frame them as bad, which is, I think, not necessarily the right way because you get, again, the black and white. Right, it's still... But you should have some kind of moment, the character has like a moment. Yeah, Where just they realize, something. They acknowledge, like, some kind of growth where they realize that what they're doing is wrong. Right.
0: Also, yeah, you know i have to say something that really bothers me is that he litters at one point and it really really but bo- so in the run through the back of the yards as he's like running through there's a moment where this dude's grilling and he's like drinking a pepsi and like he runs through and grabs the pepsi finishes it as he's running and then he, he puts no he, oh, he puts it in a potted plant oh wow i was like Wow! Whoa! Gotta get whoa! Rid of this whoa. Movie. Like fuck that! This movie's like, gotta go. As somebody who has many a potted plant, uh-huh. many like the idea of putting. Well, uh, yeah, I guess the '80s stance on on litter. You know, we've progressed as a society, right? But I was like, oh, he's he's certainly not believably perfect in my eyes any longer. Yeah. Yeah. No, that was uh, that was objective correlative revealing. His uh, sort of inner evil in a simple act of symbolism. Yes. Yeah. Sure. I I I I hate him. I think. Also, there was the weird moment with the the way that like the film, because again, it's like what stance does the film take? The there was the moment where with the nurse, the nurse who likes to fuck like (sighs) somebody sins Ferris. I'm assuming a sex worker. Um, (laughs) Yeah, and it's just like that's just a a casual moment of like, oh, isn't it? Isn't it? Yeah, just like
1: classic John, funny, classic,
0: classic, you know, classic eighties, classic like Die Hard. He's running for his life and then takes a moment to like pat a picture on the wall because there's some sort of centerfold on the wall that they just needed to have there. Right? Um, Yeah. No, I just. Things like that, especially if it's, like, we're painting this whole thing as, like, universally benign, and then there's, like, this moment of misogyny, then, to a degree, it's painting that moment of misogyny as benign. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
1: I see what you're saying.
0: So, now, this is the part where we decide whether or not, like, have, have we convinced one another... <laughs> To change their stance or not. Uh huh. Uh. So I think we can, we're gonna count to we can count to three again, and we just and say you what just we say think. whether yeah, okay. keep it or not, yes. keep it or not, keep it or not. Three, two, one. Keep no. it. Okay, you just you you just get deep more deeply entrenched. You get more deeply entrenched. Now I can't.
1: I it, it's just it's, I don't know. Like I I just think. Sure, like the fact that there are worse examples should not be a reason to condone mm-hmm. of something that is a, of lesser offense, right? Yeah but it's still true. I just I mean that movie has like that that song like chicka-chicka-ow! Oh, boom boom boom. Yeah. I mean just like I don't know. It's just like also it's like a childhood like like nostalgia effect. I don't know, I'm, I'm biased towards it. Like I can recognize the Problems
0: in it, but. right? But that's the I mean, that's the whole point, though. Is you know, are you giving it a free pass I've, based I, on your nostalgia? I could in be. a way that
1: you you shouldn't. I could be, but I think I I need. I think I need to have. If 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 we're getting rid of Ferris Bueller, mm-hmm. then I think you can. I don't think there's a single 80s film, or a 90s film for that matter, too, or before that, that you should keep. I think everything is gone. I Maybe. can't think of anything then. Maybe. You know what I mean? Think about it.
0: Oh, I mean, that's what we do here.
1: Right. We Have you it. done anything yet that, we that keep? you keep?
0: Uh, absolutely. Uh, the Deer Hunter. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the de- <laughs> uh The Deer Hunter. The Deer Hunter. Yeah, we let me see. We got rid. uh, Yeah, Indiana Jones did not make the cut. Wow, which one? Uh, Raiders of the Lost Ark.
1: I think. I think. All right, here's here's one. I I can't think. Name one comedy
0: that we kept. That you
1: kept. All right. A comedy.
0: Interesting. Uh, Because that's hard. That's gonna be Annie Hall. Just kidding. We did not. We did not. No, we did not keep it. We did do Annie Hall. Yeah uh we did not keep what
1: was it. the problem with that <laughs> 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 um now uh do you- keep, do you take into consideration uh the past or like the the like director, the, context or, the director's or, life or are you, do you yeah i mean because in a way itself?
0: like the question is like in a way how are how is keeping the film um like Condoning just like the same issues that we have now with the, with whether or not you're going to watch something like Annie Hall. To what degree are you uh, yeah. complicit in sort of condoning Woody Allen's actions by so that, watching? So it. you're so, taking so, that yeah. into consideration, it, absolutely. Even even like with Midnight Cowboy, you know the source material. Is more fucked up than the movie is, but to what degree? By watching the movie, do you point people toward the source material? Right. Um, so you know, it's that's a question. Star Wars kept. Well,
1: I mean, come yeah. on. Yeah. What, I exactly. mean, wait that's not a comedy though. No, I can't it's not. Think of a comedy. No. Right. We're gonna
0: do E. T. soon, so that's when. That's you know, like I'll, debatably I'll you, a we'll comedy. See. I feel like it's a family film to say the very yeah. least. But I'm talking about like a,
1: like a comedy that is of.
0: I don't know, you know to be perfectly honest, we'll have to see. We'll yeah. just have to see.
1: I, my theory is that comedies are back then, like if there's anything s- pro- slightly problematic, right, right? the fact that it's in a comedy and that it seems like it's flippant about whatever problem arises in it would automatically make that movie will warrant that movie to go away.
0: Well, that's the struggle with comedy though that like, you know, a lot of you know, the argument made about like satire often is that it's pointing people it's like pointing at the um it's pointing at the problem through comedy and yet if you like it's like take The Office. The Office in many ways for its time was quite progressive, but when you look at it now, in some yeah. cases it seems regressive uh same thing with with parks and rec mm-hmm.
1: um but you don't you don't think the office is doing it like kind of oh like 100%, i hundred percent i a hundred percent
0: agree I a hundred percent agree so like you're right that there's a degree to which you have to be like kind of aware of satire of not just their intentions but like the cultural context mm-hmm. um like all in the family that as a tv show that is something we kept that like right. unilaterally. And that show really like Archie Bunker, obviously like, I mean, he's hilarious. Yeah. The the problems with that show actually show up with like Rob Reiner's character mm-hmm. in his like defense. Uh, when he like, when he, his retorts to Archie Bunker's character are often like quite, they're the ones that are like, quite regressive when he like says the re his reason his rationale for like why archie's wrong you're like yeah. ooh, we don't really right at talk we don't really talk like that anymore also so it's like the problem with a show like that is that the wrong one is obviously wrong but the right, right one gets called into question like are we saying that that guy's right right yeah so it's you know it's tough but you yeah know, it's a comedy it's a comedy is tough yeah, yeah, but yeah, because also like it can stick around, it can stick around for a long, long time. Because so I often think about The Office. I
1: think about like how would that be able to get away with that kind of stuff today? Right. I think it. I think people overestimate, like people exaggerate this PC culture thing. No, people totally. People exaggerate it totally. Like the right exaggerates. Right. To, I think The Office would actually do well today. I think. It's I think so. so yeah. I think it's so clear that it's doesn't actually condone it, and it's clearly. Right, parody and, of it or
0: satire, and yeah. and like with the office, depending on uh, because if it were written now by today's writers, it it would be written differently. I that I agree, but yeah. it would be like out of fear a little bit. Well, I I just think that like our perspectives on it presently are are a little bit different. I think it would still be just as cutting. But sort of maybe cutting about different topics or different, sure, yeah. different things. You know, or like, um, did you ever watch the show Difficult People? No. That is one of I my absolute favorite shows. And like Billy Eichner, I normally don't really care for him, but he like in in difficult people, it like perfectly suits, uh it perfectly suits Billy his Eichner. comedy. Yeah. And then like honestly, it's the best show. I feel like I've seen about New York, that it's less of like a broad city parody of New York and more of like inner monologue as New Yorkers like being played out on TV. Hulu? Yes, and cancelled very unjustly it is very unjustly sad very very sad, it's like he works in a restaurant and then his uh, friend Julie does comedy recaps on Twitter of like reality TV shows (laughs) That's funny. Fuck. Yeah. I should watch that. Yeah. Andrea yeah. Martin is in it. Fred Armisen. Yeah. It's V good. Nice. Totes V good. Very good. Right. We ready? We ready to I think, stop this business? I think that's it. I think we
1: discussed it. Right.
0: Split decision.
1: Yeah. But I'll tell you this I'll make. I'll. I'm. Uh, I can. I understand the right. the argument to get rid of it.
0: And if. If I understand the argument to keep it, and like I said, if if it's all a figment of Cameron's imagination, yeah, we'll if John that. Hughes were to like pull a JK Rowling and like He's tweet dead. that, well, thank God for that, but if he were to, <laughs> fucking, yeah. Uh, but, you know, if he were to do like, uh, oh, look at this new Easter egg that I'm dropping to help you reinterpret the entire universe that I previously established, like, if he were to drop that, I'm like, it is all in Cameron's mind, then like,
1: You would actually take that seriously. You wouldn't think it's retroactive. I I mean, it doesn't
0: matter, I I guess, but I would be like, (laughs) if it, if I bet I am more pleased to operate from the position that it is all within Cameron's mind than that Ferris is supposed to be like a real person within the Ferris Bealey universe. Right. Yeah. There's similar theories about uh, Zach Morris that like he is actually that, like, based on the words of the theme song, the implication is that the series is actually a dream of, like, what he yeah. wishes that he were. Um, yeah. Yeah. That's great. Yeah. Big time. So, I, I Greg... Yes. Shrimp store is you know I'm the trying to think. Sh- the shrimp store. Yeah. This episode's not going to air for a couple weeks. So yes. If you uh, uh, if you plug shows, they'll probably be long past. All right. Well, we so, have a monthly show.
1: Okay. So if you Google the shrimp store, the shrimp store goes clear.
0: Goes clear. Is that the is that the pit pit, pit loft. loft pit loft big time?
1: Uh, we have one show every month, and we 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 play fake Scientologists. And we'd give an audience member an E reading. Oh. and then we do an improv set based on that the E reading. The E like E meter session. Oh my god. Yeah. That's amazing. Alright. Well, that's okay. it. Let's get out of here. Uh goodbye. Yeah, they
0: will. Sleep well, people. This podcast is produced by Rock Rising. Come follow us on Instagram, and if you want to hear more podcasts, visit rockrising.org. Thanks.